There it goes. Hi, guys. Welcome Hi. to Cast. Welcome back. Uh, once again, we are recording this remotely. So, uh, you know, it's funny. On top of the technical difficulties we had while recording last week, mm-hmm. uh, we had another technical difficulty that's probably an ID10T error on my part. So I I released the episode like a day late for the oh, Spotify no. listeners. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. I thought I set everything up and hit all the buttons correctly for it to release on time, but I guess I screwed up somewhere along the way and then I checked it the next day because I was like, oh, I wonder if anyone's listened to this yet. And it was like, oh, this hasn't been posted. Oh no. Uh, so so that that did go up albeit a day late ooh, hopefully our spotify listeners got the notification because i mean first we were on hiatus and then a day late I, hopefully they listened to the last episode yeah so we apologize that was our fault we'll take the hit for yeah, that seriously our bad <laughs> but yeah so but we, yeah uh these these remote recordings just full of uh, trial and error i guess yeah, like I mentioned this last week, but the moment we get this figured out, then the whole pandemic will be over. That would be just our luck, of course. <laughs> right. We'd get it down to an art form and then we'd have to see each other again. I know. God. Disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> We're friends, I swear. Every <laughs> once in a while. Uh, this has actually been genuinely hard. Like, uh, we still see each other twice a week most of the time, but it's for very, very short periods of time. And it's very different because I was practically living at your house before. So it's it's weird. Yeah, it, it is weird. And um, I know I, I, I joke about me being like, oh, all this this entire mess is like an introvert's dream. But honestly, at the same time, I miss my friends. Yeah, I I was talking to Stefan about this, but I think one of the big occurrences is that the reason we're not watching as many shows isn't really because it's a bad season. Uh, looking at other anime reviewers, they've all been saying the season's great. I think one of the biggest issues is that you and I used to sit down and watch all these shows together. And there were some yeah. shows that we would watch individually just based on our personal taste, but we always had two or three that we would not watch unless the other person was around. And Yeah, exactly. It was like a routine more than anything, and we don't have that routine anymore, so we kind of feel like we're lost a little bit. It's hard to find a schedule to get all this working again, and I, I think we are trying to be better about it especially for our audience because they deserve us being better about it but if you guys are wondering why we're not watching that much it's really more because of that so if you guys it's, are like yeah it's more personal issues rather than uh quality of shows this season yeah so if we meant didn't mention your favorite show last week and we're normally really good about that kind of stuff uh just know this is just kind of a new feeling of depression that neither of us have dealt with before and we're trying to be better about it it's true and some of us uh, have been dealing with depression for a long time mm-hmm yeah it's it's different though yeah i know yeah 
So uh, with so, that out of the way, <laughs> uh, yeah, for reals, uh, get out all the heavy stuff. Now we can get onto the laughter. Absolutely. I, that's how I always like to run things is uh, kick them while they're up and then try to lift them back up. I don't know. Welcome to my mindset. <laughs> you sick, twisted son of a bitch. <laughs> So I You're thought, my kind of fellow. <laughs> uh, so there, this episode's going to be a bit more on something I wanted to cover in the past, and we never really found the time to talk about it, or really time to set aside an episode to talk about it. And that's really just kind of the evolution of anime films in the film industry over the last decade or so. Yeah, um, I, I think... There's a cat. I think anime yes. films have come <laughs> a long way since the 90s, really, when I think we started to get into anime. Yeah, so more than a decade. <laughs> That's weird to think about. Oh boy, right? <laughs> but yeah, like, really, I think both of us got into anime around middle school, high school. I mean, for me, it was elementary, but anime films, not until high school about and yeah but i mean like before then i don't think we really had a lot of anime films coming out or at least not stuff that was was really um publicized very well nothing that was really available here in the west unless you were one of those people that just knew all like the really cool like oh, you must be a real anime fan if you like this movie kind of stuff. And I didn't find out about that until years after they came out and they'd already had some kind of cult fan base. And for me, that was things like uh, Perfect Blue and Akira, which actually made its U.S. debut in the 80s. So, uh, speaking of Akira, (laughs) funny story. Uh, this, This was when I was starting to get into anime and i as a you know middle school student went to walmart and i was just kind of looking around and i saw that and Mm -hmm. i was like oh this will be cool and and i went to go purchase it not realizing that it was for you know more mature audiences yeah uh fortunately i ran into my aunt while i was there and she was like oh yeah i'll cover for him (laughs) but yeah the the clerk was like i need a cid i'm going what but it's animated but it's animated (laughs) it can't be bad and the funny thing about that is that's actually kind of how the mindset was for westerners when akira made its way to the west because it did get a theatrical release and up to that point And the 80s were really a time when animation was being seen as something that was family friendly. Like Disney had this huge chokehold on the entire animation industry in the West and movies were being made for entertainment value. And Disney wanted everything to be family oriented, family entertainment. And in Japan at the time, animation was still more like how it was during the 20s where it was an art form. It was a form of expression, uh, trying to tell stories that invoke a sense of 
the darker realities of the world and how the world is seen by people in times of hardship. And Akira was a movie that was about making a statement of war and end times. Um, and, and it wasn't just the, like the anime films, like a lot of mm -hmm. anime that were coming out at the time did the same thing. Like, uh, Gundam wing was very much about those same kinds of themes. Yeah. And that was something that here in the West people weren't used to when Akira made its, uh, Western debut, they were expecting since it was animation, it would be targeted towards families only to receive a very rude awakening that no, this was a very dark toned film. And it really kind of changed the perspective of how we saw media coming out of Japan at the time. And that has only grown more and more with the current day with, I mean, let's look at Promare being probably one of the latest films talking about racism and segregation and how we treat refugees and people who are different. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think there was a, a short time when a lot of anime films did go more family friendly mm -hmm. but then you know obviously there there are still there were at during that time that still had more of the the more mature tones as well yeah just like uh you know during the the aughts and the you know there were Especially like Studio Ghibli, where it was like uh, Spirited Away. Cat, please don't get. <laughs> We're both having cat problems. Where there was like Spirited Away, there was like uh, oh, what's that one called with the the little people? Oh, uh, Arietti. Yeah, Arietti. You know, so like a lot of them were you know very much family friendly. Yeah, uh, we could actually even talk a little bit about how Ghibli handled their films compared to other animation studios. Uh, there's a reason why Miyazaki often gets compared to Walt Disney, or is often called like the Japanese Walt Disney, or at least he was. People have stopped referring to him as such. but <laughs> Thank uh, Thankfully. Yeah, one of the big key things that they had in common was, one, their interest in making films that could be targeted towards like anybody of any age that adults can enjoy just as much as kids can and tell stories more about like childhood and learning how to grow up and what it felt like being a kid. But also both of them were, had huge fascinations with folklore and fairy tales. Uh, the secret world of Arietti actually being based off of a book called uh, the littles, I believe. Yes. 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 My roommate clarified. Uh, and, yes. And <laughs> and that has been uh, redone. Like that story has been done multiple times on various different formats. So it's it's not really anything new. But yeah, but that was probably the reason why Ghibli films were probably the most palatable f uh, films here in the West for a long time. Like even people that don't enjoy anime can enjoy a Ghibli film, and. Disney even jumped on that one as quickly as they could because, again, that comparison was very easy to see. And this segment? Yeah. I mean, wasn't oh, uh, Spirited Away oh. brought to the West through Disney? Mm -hmm. 
Uh, so also, I just got clarification. The original book was called The Borrowers. The Borrowers, that's it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, when... It wasn't really even Disney that brought Ghibli over to the West, but they definitely took the license as soon as they were able to and really popularized it. And, I mean, heck, Spirited Away won an Oscar. The fact that an anime film receives such a prestigious Western award speaks volumes of what it was capable of and the message it was like universally fond of in spite of the fact that a lot of the themes are strictly Japanese like I'm pretty sure most Americans didn't know what a bathhouse was prior to Spirited uh, yeah, Away they, they didn't know what a bathhouse was even the uh, like they they talk about it in Hana Kokun where it's like the gate to the, the other world you know it's like that's that's a very much Japanese thing it's not yeah. you know also, the belief that everything, including inanimate objects, have souls and spirits. That's actually a very, very Japanese belief and is something that you see a lot in games like Legend of Zelda, uh, Token Rombo, obviously. Uh, something that's not common here in the West. We believe that only living things have souls and spirits, but in Japan, anything can. And it's the reason why you see uh, so many like shrines and tributes to basically every kind of spirit and spirited yeah. away was about that. Good old spirited away. Um, speaking of which we haven't had an anime film. That's won an Oscar since have we? No, we've come close. Uh, insultingly close actually. Uh, I think probably one of the more notable ones was a silent voice losing out to Boss Baby. Blah, boo. Yeah. <laughs> but your name was also nominated. Okay, I, I will give Boss Baby credit. I did actually watch it. It's kind of funny. It's enjoyable. Mm -hmm. But a silent voice definitely should have had that one. Yeah, and again, a lot of that comes down to family-oriented films versus films targeted more towards older audiences. And while A Silent Voice, I think, is a very powerful movie that should have won, unfortunately, they were looking more for something that little kids could enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. So. And Spirited Away fit that bill a lot better. That's true. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I really wanted to talk about, though, we kind of got a little off track, but that there's just so many good films to talk about, is kind of how, like, even outside of, like, the mainstream things like Ghibli, we were getting anime films out here in the West, but usually they were in the form of not really great. <laughs> <laughs> not great, more often than not direct to video quality like, at least like, yeah like there wasn't like we didn't get the big theatrical releases yeah uh the two most common anime films that we got at the time were either ones that were just recaps of the entire series condensed into a couple of hours so you could just watch that instead of watching the whole show and sometimes it would have like a few extra scenes that weren't in the series, but more often than not, they would drop a lot of other scenes. Yeah, exactly. It was 
pretty bare bones, but usually done with a higher quality animation or touched up. Uh, the other type of anime film that was really common were ones that were based off of popular ongoing series, but the movie itself was a side story that felt more like a filler arc than part of the actual story. And some of the most common versions of these were the Sailor Moon films or the One Piece films or any of the shonen films, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that happens a lot. Or happened a lot. Uh, I believe probably one of the more notable exceptions to that is, uh, and, and it follows more of the trend of what's happening now, is the Cardcaptor Sakura movie, which did continue the story. Yeah, I saw that one in theaters a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah, they re-released it. It was fantastic. We were like one of eight people in that theater. <laughs> For reals. <laughs> it was me and, and our friend Sudi. That's another great reason for the theatrical releases. Uh, you get to be one of the few people in there. Right? Unless it's the Konosuba movie, and then literally everybody is there. <laughs> yeah, Konosuba and Promare, like everyone. Yeah. The first screening of Promare, we got our tickets pretty easily, but Konosuba was tough. I was shocked at how hard it was to find seats for the Konosuba movie, to yeah. be honest. Because, to me, in my mind, it's like, I absolutely love Konosuba, but at the same time, it was like, before I introduced you to it, you were like, oh, this this looks like your garbage, trash harem anime. And, to be and fair, like, that's what's popular. <laughs> I'll give you that. But like I said, like you, you made it seem like it sounded you thought it was that kind. I'm like, no, it's really not. It's hilarious. Yeah. So I, I just assumed that a lot of people had that kind of assumption to it as well. So it wouldn't be the same kind of, you know, theatrical release. Yeah. I'm glad that it's as popular as it is. Cause it definitely deserves it. And there's a reason it's on like your number one anime spot right now. Yeah. But, um, I lost my train of thought again. <laughs> oh, uh, one of the biggest issues did, with a lot of... Did you check on the rails? Yeah, uh, your mic is clipping a little bit, so hopefully... I, I know, I'm I'm sorry, everyone. Uh, normally, we use the one mic, but Candace has it, because whatever, and then I basically have this other mic that's older and not as good a quality, so sorry to the listeners. Hopefully next paycheck I'll have a second mic for us. So yeah. if if there's any available, because finding them in stock has also been really tough right now. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But anyway, uh, one of the biggest issues with how anime films were handled in the past with the uh, side story type films is it would really cause a lot of confusion in what was canon and what was not. I think probably one of the worst examples was the fairy tale movie when it first came out, that was the one that was all about Lucy and the girl that was basically just like exactly like her. And it was an entire story arc that did not exist in the manga. But for some reason, it was referenced a lot in the manga and was referenced a lot in the seasons of the anime after it. But it also didn't fit in the series at all. <laughs> yeah. 
So it caused a lot of confusion on what was canon and what was not. And this got really bad for the people that were borderline harassing the creator about ships. Because it very, very much implied that Natsu and Lucy were destined to be together. Yeah, unlike uh, some other anime films, like the One Piece films, all, what are they, 12 of them now? Yeah, like, something like are, that. <laughs> they are very clearly not canon. Mm-hmm. So it's those are easy to distinguish. Yeah, the few I watched of the One Piece movies were actually really good, but they also did a very, very good job of establishing that this was not a canonical storyline. And that's what yeah. made it very entertaining was you could detach it from the main story. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like the Inuyasha movies were like that as well. I, I don't think I've seen the Inuyasha movies. They were actually really good. Okay, I I am have no shame. I loved Inuyasha. Um, that's that's fair. I enjoyed Inuyasha, but like I didn't have a lot of chances to watch it because you know I was a poor kid who didn't have cable. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, I enjoyed what I could of of it that I could catch, but I did not see much or all of it. I was definitely that kid that. I had the TV, I had a TV in my room and it had like a timer set on it so that way I could have it turn on at a certain time and have it turn off at a certain time. So I set it up so it would turn on when Inuyasha started and would turn off when it ended. So I would wake up just for that 30 minutes to watch it. <laughs> it's just, I just imagine you like in bed sleeping carefully and then like the TV comes on and you just bolt right up be like ah, Inuyasha time and then you sit in the front in front of the TV and watch it I wasn't quite like that um I was usually still able to just lay in bed normally and watch it and I was still usually half asleep but it it became pretty routine for me it was part of my sleep schedule which wasn't healthy but I was in high school at the time and was dumb so yeah and it was healthier. It was, it was definitely popular. I I remember going to cons when it was popular, and you know, obviously there was the whole everyone being like, "Oh, sit boy," and people would just follow the ground. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, good times. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at least my sleep schedule was healthier than staying awake till three in the morning and then trying to catch as much sleep as I could before school. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. It was, yeah. Yeah, that was your sleep schedule. Ad- admittedly, that is still sometimes my sleep schedule. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. But we actually started to slowly see this evolve away from those type of movies. I think really fairy tale was kind of that weird gateway between that anime phase where everything was shonen, everything was weekly. If an anime was less than a hundred episodes, it wasn't worth watching that mentality to more of the seasonal stuff that we're used to now. And with that came more original films as opposed to series based films. And I think that really stemmed into the golden age of anime movies that we're currently seeing. But one of the really enjoying a lot of the movies that are coming out, like, Penguin Highway, Your Name, obviously, uh, yeah. it's a silent voice. 
Uh, your name definitely, I think, lit the torch for the mainstream popularity that we've been seeing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's still a lot that are just definitely underrated that are highly deserving. Uh, there's also a few that came out prior to this big boom that are also worth noting. Uh, like I mentioned, uh, Perfect Blue was probably one of the best films to come out before anime films really got popular and it's one still absolutely worth watching probably one of the um, best psychological horrors ever made to be honest yeah i think a uh, a very popular i i think it's considered a classic at this point is the metropolis anime movie yeah then you also have things like uh the girl who leapt through time and uh Oh, the name has escaped me. Like, The Boy and the Beast, I want to say it's yeah. called? Yeah. Uh, a lot of those films... I know you end up just buying a bunch of the Blu-rays for those, and we just marathoned all of them. They're all absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of those were that the the one director. Mm-hmm. We're so bad at our jobs, neither of us can know his name. <laughs> uh, I want to say it starts with an H. You Hideo, have the Blu-ray. something. I think you're right. Yeah, I'm. I feel awful. I didn't look it up. Uh, I assumed you would have had the DVDs somewhere nearby or the Blu-rays nearby. I am at my computer. My DVDs are in my living room. Oh, that's so fair. They're that's fair. twelve steps away. Yeah. Well, you won't worry too much just, about just it. Just like curing my alcoholism, twelve <laughs> steps away. Yeah, we, w we won't stress too much about it. Just point out that we are awful at what we do. <laughs> We're professionals. Not yet. <laughs> uh, I have a dollar and 37 cents from ads that says otherwise. Oh, snap. You got paid. You're a professional. I, I haven't cashed it out yet. It's just sitting there. That's just fine. It'll probably all go back into the show, honestly. Yeah. I, it will. It'll just be towards probably better equipment. And music. We need yeah. a freaking theme song for this podcast. It's the one thing I've wanted since we started. <laughs> no, for real. <laughs> anyway, back to talking about movies. Uh, we started seeing this golden age of original anime films coming out and actually getting theatrical releases after Your Name's popularity. And we also saw a lot of bad ones that really tried to just market off of your name success and just really weren't good films but another interesting thing that started and has been kind of controversial whether or not it's a good or a bad thing is anime movies that continue their series things like the konosuba movie and tanya the evil and, and the bunny girl movie yes and made in abyss was a big one because there's no current legal way to watch that yeah. Unless you buy it. I thought it was on uh, Amazon. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. It might be, but I'm not sure. I'll have to look that up. It It's probably one of those things, because Amazon's dumb like this, where it's like you pay for the Amazon Prime, and then you still have to rent some of the movies. Like, oh, you can pay three ninety nine to rent this and watch it. Yeah. And Made in Abyss was one that a lot of people were counting down the days to season two. So to get that second season in the form of a movie was a little bit unnerving for a lot of people. And 
for other people, this wave of movie sequels is a positive thing because it means that we get to cover shorter arcs in a better format than just trying to pad them out throughout three or four episodes. Yeah, and then um, Demon Slayer's next arc is getting in, in the movie form as well, isn't it? Yeah, and this might be one of the most popular arcs of the entire series and a lot of people are torn on whether or not getting a movie adaptation was the right call for some people this arc really isn't long enough to get a series arc and a lot of the big complaints about demon slayer was that its pacing was weird people felt the training arc either dragged on or didn't do its job properly people felt like the mountain arc was longer than it needed to be, things like that. Everybody felt like the pacing of Demon Slayer was not great. So I think the train arc, getting a movie version instead of three or four episodes, personally, I think it's the right call, but it's a little too soon to say. Not until we can actually watch the movie. Yeah, time will tell. Yeah, I personally really like the pacing of Demon Slayer. I like the pacing of Demon Slayer. It's not... Uh... It's not like the pacing of Fire Force. Yeah. Fire, Fire Force, Force had has the weirdest weird pacing. pacing. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's one of its charms, though, actually. Yeah, like, I, I love Fire Force, but it does have some weird pacing. Yeah. So, I, kn I know one of the big ones that was also pretty controversial was Tanya the Evil. A lot of people feeling like that arc should have just been in the next season as opposed to having a film. Yeah, uh, I, I think a lot of people felt the same way with the No Game, No Life movie because that did the same thing, where it's like it, it did the next arc, whereas everyone just wanted the next season. They wanted season two, but they got a movie. Yeah. Then you go the other direction with things like the Q movies, which were recaps of just specific matches. They weren't even recaps of the whole seasons. It was literally just like, one match per movie yeah so if you just watched all the movies next to each other you would be missing so much stuff for reals but all of those movies did give us some of the best scenes from the manga that for some reason were not in the original anime series so i watched them just for that <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true i also Worth heard it. a little Heard a little topaz meow. She's been running around here. Her and Nicola <laughs> have been chasing each other all night. They're driving me nuts. Oh, snap. She's picking up the habit of getting the zoomies when we record. It's awful. Nicola does it every time. Doesn't matter when we record. He gets the zoomies as soon as the... As soon as Audacity turns on. He runs yeah. around. He discovers that he has toys and can play with them. It is what it is. Remember when we had to lock his toys in the other room? Oh my god, God. Uh, <laughs> yes. Podcast problems. For uh, Yeah, so obviously the way that films have been handled and the kind of films that we see have evolved very drastically. And it brings us to kind of how things are right now, which is kind of crazy because the beginning of April was supposed to be 
really, really hype because we were supposed to get the last airing of the Promare movie before we got it on Blu-ray in May. And a lot of people are like, I can't believe they're doing another theatrical release when it's only a <laughs> month is away. This the fifth one? Yeah. <laughs> and we had tickets for it. So that was a really big deal. And it's unheard of for movies to do that, especially special event movies like that. I think the last movie to continue running all the way through its theatrical release, even after Blu-ray pre-orders had started, was the last Avengers movie. Yeah. Um, other than that, the only thing I can really think of is like the every year there's the the Studio Ghibli tour, basically, where they play one Ghibli film a month, you know, and, mm-hmm. and you can go and obviously those are all out on DVD. You can just go buy them and watch them. But yeah, th- there's something special about going and seeing these films in the theater. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I remember seeing Arietti in theaters when I was at college and it was literally just me, my best friend at the time, and then literally one of our classmates was like four rows ahead of us and we were the only people in the theater yeah so uh, that was one of one of those theaters that had the assigned seats and when he saw us there he's like can i just sit with you guys and not in my assigned seat like no you're breaking the rules breaking the law (laughs) breaking the law so yeah uh but now that's basically unheard of and these movies are being treated as big events and mainstream attractions and then suddenly this pandemic happened and our tickets were refunded and yeah uh-huh. it's hard to say how theaters in general are going to change after all of this let alone how anime movies are going to be released after this uh, currently, right now, as we're recording this, the Promare live uh, streaming on Twitter is happening. Oh shit, that's going on? I'm missing it. You bitch, yeah. you're making me miss it. <laughs> I did find out that you actually have to rent the movie through oh. Prime to be part no. of that. Never but, mind. That. Yeah. So everybody watching that is basically watching it on their own like television or streaming service, and they're all just chatting with each other while watching it Uh, okay i see yes i mean that's still cool but you know i'm less interested yeah so it's it's more of a mass viewing party than it is a mass stream but obviously these are people that really wanted to go see the event in theaters and still really want to be part of that big community sort of screening as opposed to just watching it by themselves and the fact that so many people are excited about that and that they could still get that many people. Plus the voice actors for the English cast are going to be doing interviews <sighs> afterwards is really cool. Yeah. And I think it's definitely going to change how films are being released here because the anime industry obviously knows that we want to be part of these big events we want to be part of cheer events for those of you who don't know what a cheer event is it's where everybody goes to a theater and basically like anytime this character says this you clap or every time this is on screen you change your lights to pink or whatever yeah yeah uh those are 
becoming more popular. Those are now being done through streaming events, similar to this one. And I think a lot of people think that when this pandemic's over, everybody's just going to go back to the theater. Everybody's just going to go back to the way it was. But I think these online versions are going to continue to be popular and are going to gain more traction. And you're going to see more people's like, as soon as it's available on Amazon, we're all planning a streaming event. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Yeah, so weird times we're living in right now. And I think one of the biggest things we've promised on this podcast, just between the two of us, is that we don't want to spread any misinformation about the current events going on which is why we don't talk about it too much. But I think from a cultural standpoint, we really are just going to see huge changes in the next couple months. I think one of the things I'd really like to see change is streaming services like Amazon and Crunchyroll and High Dive and Funimation really do cater more towards films and events like that. I mean, how cool would it be if Crunchyroll made an announcement similar to to what they did with the Crunchyroll Awards, where they're just like, we're all going to sit down and watch the premiere of this show, or we're all going to watch this movie together. Yeah, uh, I personally would like to see that. I'm I'm no... Each platform has like a couple movies, but there's, there's less like original movies and they're more geared towards like, Oh, this is the, the one piece movie or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. I'm surprised that Crunchyroll has such a small list of anime movies. And when they do release movies, we don't know their movies until we sit down and watch them. I know that was the case <laughs> with one movie that we sat that's, down and watched. That's, that's happened at least once. Yeah. And you'd think that some of the movies, that are continuations of series, they would really be pushing to put on Crunchyroll more. Uh, they do have the Haikyuu movies, and I believe they have the Tanya the Evil movie. Uh, the one I know for a fact, or the two I know for a fact that they have, are the Thunderbolt Fantasy movies, which are both absolutely fantastic. Uh, I know Crunchyroll has the Konosuba movie because they made a big deal about them getting it and airing it. Yeah. And I think similar to how people stopped renting movies and started going more towards Netflix and then anime jumped on that with things like Crunchyroll and Amazon Prime, I think we are going to see that more for movies as well. Yeah, so um, it's it's interesting with these anime movies. I'm, I'm curious if they'll lead into anything. Like, you know, obviously the Konosuba movie was a continuation of the story. Uh, I'm wondering if they're going to, like, do another movie or if they'll end up, like, making another season or mm-hmm. or what. Yeah. Uh, another thing that might start to evolve from all of this as well is things more like cinematic universe type movies. Kind of like, instead of having an anime take like a series where every episode is like 24 minutes and then every now and again an arc gets a movie. What if each arc was a movie as opposed to a show? Yeah, um, that's interesting. And considering the popularity of a a certain superhero franchise, I'm kind of surprised it hasn't happened already. Right? 
especially with the popularity of light novels, I think light novels would be the easiest to adapt to that format. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, me being a nerdy ass light novel reader, it's, it'd be very easy to just take one. (laughs) It would be very easy to just take one book and be like, okay, let's make this into a movie. We don't talk to light novel readers. Uh, just because we're superior to you manga readers. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Filthy manga reader. <laughs> How can you read this? It has no pictures in it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All light novels are just isekais with in words, right? I will neither confirm nor deny <laughs> these accusations. The only good light novel was Boogie Pop and others. Oh, shit. And Spice and Wolf. We'll give him that, too. We'll, we'll toss you that bone. Okay. It's <laughs> all I'm asking. I mean, Spice and Wolf explained economics using a cute wolf girl. Like, Yeah, yeah. that's true. No, we're not going to argue that Spice and Wolf, about Spice and Wolf, because... Even though I didn't get super into it, I'm the first to admit it's it's fantastic storytelling. It's a fantastic storytelling format. Yeah, no, like even in some of the, the afterthoughts of the light novels, the, the author is like, yeah, who'd have thunk I'd be able to do a series based on the economics of blah, blah, blah. And it's like, uh, wow, yes. Right. <laughs> I somehow love this. Thank you for teaching me Economics 101. (laughs) Anime can teach us anything. You're not wrong. We're doing a whole podcast about it, so. (laughs) But I would love to see anime films kind of replace the shonen industry, if I'm being honest. Like, I would absolutely love to see one series that has been trying so hard to make a comeback, no matter how hard it tries, it always stumbles and falls over. And this one actually made my top five anime that deserve a remake list. And I think a movie format version of it would be the ideal way to do it would be D gray man. Yeah. Uh, I, I can definitely see that. Yeah. It's just, uh, D gray man had so much potential to be the next full metal alchemist. And, it's just never going to get there. <laughs> Rip. I know. It's so sad. It's such a good story, though, you guys. It's I just, did enjoy it, like, it of, of what I read and watched. It's it's gothic like, full metal alchemist, and I, I like, love it. I like what's his name? Lavi? Lavi, yeah. Or Levy. I, I love him. He's great. Yeah, I still think Lena Lee deserves to be in Jump Force. Because yes. one, Jump Force has like no female characters in it. There's like have like three now. And one of them I don't know. There's there's the Naruto chick and the One Piece chick and the uh, other One Piece chick. That's I think about there, it. I think there's only one One Piece chick. I think the other female characters from an older series. But Maybe, I don't remember. Yeah. But Lainalee would have worked really, really well in Jump Force because her ability is basically kick girl and I love her. Right. I mean, she is just all about dem legs. 
Legs for days. Yeah, so if I had any wish for the future of anime films, it would be to see anime remakes get film adaptations to try to revive them from the horrible pit of limbo that they are currently in, or to see things similar to Devilman Crybaby, where they just get more modern adaptations or better remakes that suit their style more. Yeah, so... I don't know. Personally, I I like these these movies that are continuing series. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, me too. I part of it is because you know obviously a film gets a much higher budget than a series, so it's like they're they're able to put more love and attention into it, mm-hmm. you know, and and to see the next arc of that story, you know, get you know better quality is is like, yeah, woohoo. Yeah. I also think there really is something to say about movie series, kind of like what I was talking about, where instead of like having like, this is an anime arc followed by a movie, followed by an anime arc, followed by a movie, if they just did movie, 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 I think there is quality in that. I mean, the Persona 3 movies handled that, and it was basically a 50-hour game wrapped up in four films and handled the pacing way better than the Persona 5 animated series did, which had a much larger time frame to work with. Yeah. And it's like, it's a shame the Persona 3 movies were really only able to be streamed through Netflix, and for some reason they only or they only streamed the second one? Which was weird. (laughs) They're like, wow, there's four movies. Let's start with two. There's four movies. Let's put, uh, I don't know, roll a d4. Right. (laughs) That's exactly what happened. And it's like, yeah, literally nobody who doesn't know anything about Persona is going to enjoy this. (laughs) And it's on such a depressing note, too. It's like the worst one to choose. Rip Persona 3. Persona 3. I do have all the movies. They're definitely worth watching. And they also changed some of the pacing from the game, I think, for the better, in my opinion. But unlike Persona 5, the animated series, I, I'm uh, getting Facebook uh, memories about that series. I, I'm, I'm feeling that, or I, I get the, the feeling that you have a lot of uh, strong feelings about the Persona 5 series. Are you just barely getting that sense? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, like... Like right now, I'm I'm able to feel it from you know our what eight miles apart. I'm pretty sure we're further than eight miles apart. I'm not good with distance. I I think, yeah, I I guarantee we're further than eight miles apart. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, imagine Either basically. Way, I can feel it all the way over here, you bitch. <laughs> My spite is pretty powerful. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, normally I would rant on about what my favorite movie is, but it's really hard to do that when I'm staring at a screen and not at a person. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's just, go ahead and... Watch those wavelengths go up and down. That's true. It's literally what's happening. <laughs> Uh, so just kind of a quick segment, because like I said, we'll probably keep these versions a bit shorter than our previous episodes. 
at least until all this is over or until we get used to it. Uh, let's just talk about probably our most recommended anime films, whether they're old or new and what we think our favorite format of anime film is. I'll let you start. Uh, yes. So sorry the the name escaped me for a second there. No worries. Uh, very much so. Princess Mononoke, like, one of my all-time favorite films, anime films. Yeah, absolutely. I know we saw that one during Ghibli Fest. Yeah. And it was really, really cold. Otherwise, you would have dressed up as Ashitaka. I absolutely would have, except my Ashitaka outfit is very thin and very cold. Yes, it was so cold that day. Yeah, so I would recommend that one 100% to anyone, whether they're into anime or not. Yeah. Uh, let's go do the back and forth like we normally do with our top five. Uh, I'm not doing this in any particular order, but I say Perfect Blue 100%. This is Satoshi Khan at his absolute best. Uh there's even a whole conspiracy theory online how Black Swan absolutely ripped it off. So, <laughs> which I won't go into for legal reasons. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, it, Perfect Blue is probably more relevant today than it was when it came out. And yeah. it even if you don't like psychological horrors, I, I think this one is worth watching. Uh, better than Bird Box. Bird Box? I liked Bird Box, but this one's better. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. That was the only psychological horror I could think of. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, it's fine. Um, again, the name is escaping me. Uh, what's, what's the name of that one movie where the the woman has the two the two kids and they're both like wolf kill kids wolf children wolf children oh why was that name so hard for me <laughs> what's that one about the wolf children you know the kids that are the wolves kids, they're children, the children they're wolves <laughs> that thing uh yeah i this am not is... smart guys <laughs> Uh, a funny thing, that was going to be my next recommended one as well. <laughs> well, uh, there wolf... you have it. One from each of us, and then one from both of us. Wolf Children. Good night, guys. was so good. <laughs> uh, that one that one hit harder than I thought it would when I first saw it, so. Oh, that one is, it is emotional. It's. I don't cry, but that one almost had me crying. Yeah. You only cry during Lamez. I just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other one I was going to recommend, which the name's actually escaping me this time, uh, this was the one that you made me watch about the cosplayers. Oh, um... It is on What's, High Dive. What is it called? Now you got me wondering. Yeah, the name has completely escaped me. And I just cannot think of it at all, which is sad, because it might have been one of the most like impactful movies I've ever seen in my life. 
Uh, oh, okay, I found it. It's Aura, Koga Maruin's Last War. Thank you. Aura, uh, spelled A-U-R-A. Yes, A-U-R-A. Yes. So this one, I think if you are part of the cosplay community, or if you've ever experienced a point in your life where you were bullied for something that you like or enjoy, which I think for most of us is all of us, uh, this is a film you should definitely watch. And it's one that you should not go into lightly. Like I, it, it is a very powerful film, and it, it's gonna hit you where you where you're not expecting it. Eventually, we will do a whole review episode on this movie. Uh, I was crying for hours after the movie was over. So, yeah, it's it's very relatable. It has emotional scenes. It's just it's. It's fantastic. For as good as it is, I'm surprised that it has flown under the radar as long as it has. Yeah, and it is on high dive. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next one. Next one. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought that was it. Oh. I, okay, well, that is technically... I, I can't think of another one right now. Uh, that is technically five. <laughs> and obviously we're going <laughs> to recommend things like Promare. Uh, if you liked Your Name, I do recommend seeing uh, five centimeters per second. That one's also yeah. on high dive. Uh, also, technically, the Helsing OVAs are listed as movies, and I do recommend those. That's kind of how, what I'll talk about with, like, instead of doing, like, series, movie, series, movie, just do movie, 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 movie. Uh, that's basically how Helsing Ultimate handled it, and it was done yeah. really, really well. Just series of movies. Yeah, so I would say that's probably my favorite format aside from original films. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I think we're both tired of staring at a white screen. So. <laughs> yeah, I've got like my pen, pencil, and paper, and like my whole setup here. So yeah. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and wrap up things a little bit early. Uh, I promise I'll start getting the polls up again, you guys. I apologize about that. Just dealing with it one week at a time. <laughs> uh, everything is so stressful, and sometimes it's hard for your mind to concentrate. Yeah, absolutely. I, I understand. Uh, I don't blame anyone who's going through the same thing. So if yeah. you are, we, we've been there. We understand. Yeah. Things so we'll, will get better, guys. And we'll end this episode just on a note that we hope you guys are all staying safe. And yeah. thank you guys all so much for your support. We appreciate it so much. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Have a good one, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye.